Tom, I'm a goalkeeper coach. Uh, I run the, <laughs> I run Fortitude Hockey, uh, which is uh, essentially uh, a specialist goalkeeper coaching um, agency, I guess. Uh, runs both in the UK and in Belgium as well. Uh, I also do some coaching for GP Hockey on the side too. So that's me in a nutshell. Um, so obviously you mentioned Fortitude in there. Um, what is it? When did it start? Um, just for, again, for those that don't know. Yeah, so the genesis of, of Fortitude um, was basically born out of my own decision to uh, do something that I enjoyed doing. And I think it's really, really important that everybody's got a reason why they do something. And it took me a fair amount of time through my 20s to work out what, what that was. Uh, and I really just enjoy seeing improvement and growth and learning from, from the people around me. And wanted to do something meaningful that isn't really part of the hockey landscape in in the UK so yeah because you didn't come whilst you were playing you weren't coaching per se were you, you were I doing was, a very different world I was I was definitely in a very different world I was selling houses <laughs> uh, I prefer to say that rather than being an estate agent because uh, it has some uh, negative connotations but I was selling houses for about four or five years whilst playing hockey for uh, for majority of the time Wimbledon played a little bit for Old George years and uh, Loughborough University and Exeter University before that um, played England underage group stuff, 16s, 18s, 21s, a couple of uh, what they basically called Youth Olympic Festivals out in Australia, part of the Olympic legacy they had after Sydney, and which was which was great fun, although I wouldn't recommend playing um, hockey in 40-plus degrees in the middle of January in Sydney. Women are up to at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's when, you've got, when you've got, you know, 10, 12 kilograms of kit on, that 40 degrees is a bit hotter. But, um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I needed to do something else wanted to do something else and I had quite a few conversations with my old coach Steve Bayer who's now the head of um, Belgium goalkeeping um, who obviously are having great success uh, uh, with, their, with their with their teams and certainly the goalkeepers at the moment as well and um, we got talking and we decided to set up Fortitude which is like I said before specifically for goalkeepers within hockey um, delivering within schools and clubs one-on-one sessions, um, small group sessions, doing some coach education work and just sort of expanding on knowledge and um, experience of goalkeeping um, within within hockey. Um, so we had a few conversations. We started you know, picking up the phone and talking to our friends in hockey that are either working in schools or clubs and saying, you know, is this something that you would like within your hockey programs? Straight away, yes, 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 yes. I'm like, right, okay. So we rolled the dice and this, and and took the risk of going full time into hockey goalkeeper coaching. And I absolutely love it <laughs> when <laughs> I go and meet somebody new and they, you know, what do you do? So, oh, you know, I'm an accountant, or you know, I'm, I'm a lawyer, or whatever. What do you do? And uh, I'm a hockey goalkeeper coach, and they're like, hmm. <laughs> Okay, niche. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and if I had, I had a quid for every time. 
Uh, someone said niche after I told them what I did. I, <laughs> I, I'd be a two-bit richer. Um, no, it, it's a really, really interesting existence, but it was basically born from the fact that I, I wanted to do something that I enjoyed doing, that I wanted that I wanted to do. Um, the word fortitude was, was Steve's idea. Mm-hmm. Actually, Steve and his wife, Becky. And uh, it basically means courage and strength in the face of adversity um Ooh, if you nice. have you know and, and that kind of expa- nice. yeah yeah that sort of expands with with sort of all sorts of realms within within hockey but specifically goalkeeping because at the end of the day you're last man standing you know you get a lot of a lot of people that get a massive buzz out of just like right i'm the last man here i've got to save the day yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. or be or, or could possibly be the hero and you have to have a lot of resilience and a lot of uh mental fortitude um, as well as physical fortitude (laughs) to be able to then withstand the pressure that goes with that as well and you've got to enjoy it you've got to lap it up and it's a real exciting experience so that's kind of where a bit of the word fortitude and why we're called fortitude comes from Um, so yeah that's us in in a nutshell I mean we run quite heavily in the UK and slightly different in Belgium because that's just club based because they don't have a school have school programs over there. It's just go and play your hockey at your clubs, um, and where their structure is slightly different. Uh, and they're going great guns over in Belgium. And within the UK, we are are trying our best to try and cover as many areas of the UK as possible. It's not always easy because geography of the country is, is despite relatively small, it's actually really spread out. So hockey as a whole spread out over the whole of the you know, all of the country, north, south, east, west. Um, and it's not always that easy to get to these places on a regular basis, but we're making it our big objective this year to cover as much of the UK as we possibly can as well, you know, including Scotland, Wales, um, possibly Ireland too, um, nice. and just trying to Is expand. That exclusive in there? Uh, you may be, maybe, Ooh. but TBC, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but watch out Ireland, we're coming for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just making sure that... Um, because we do get a lot of requests from people saying, you know, can, can you come over and, and we'll, you know, as much as we can, that's the whole point, providing opportunity, providing access, um, and also making, trying to make it as affordable as possible as well. It's one of those yeah, things really that, cool. you know, if you get specialist training, it, it, it might cost you a little, a little bit more. Um, it's the only way we can, we can operate as well, but at the same time, we make it as achievable as possible for, yeah, for, for people. So, um, yeah, so within the UK, we're, we're tearing around motorways and you know, <laughs> at the speed limit, um, getting to schools, getting to clubs, <laughs> getting to individuals so that they can have some training with us. Um, yeah, for the most part, we, uh, we do pretty well getting to as many places in the south so far, but we will look to go into other places a bit further north that are crying out for some for some goalkeeping yeah, delivery. Definitely. But in a nutshell, it's it, it's great fun. I, I hope it lasts forever. Um, yeah. The one thing I would say about it is that specialist goalkeeper coaching is is something that will always and should always supplement your main hockey programme. And that is a, the the big thing that we're kind of trying to make sure that it, we don't take that out and make it a completely separate entity. It is like your strength and conditioning, like your psychology, it supplements and it's a bit, but it's a big part of your, correct of your training because tactically you've got to look at the big picture. I say that we do a lot of isolated, nice isolated training with the goalkeepers. A lot of it's technical based, um, because they need to generate good behaviors, good habits because the the game's super quick. So without, without that, you know, you might limit yourself a little bit. So it's just providing the opportunity for people to just expand their game, mm. know how, what they're good at in goal, um, have a bit of fun. It, it, 
Really good exercise. Can I remember whether we can swear on this pod or not? Probably not, actually. Um, probably our younger listeners. Yeah, probably not. Uh, at the moment. I'll say flip instead. <laughs> um, and uh, I've thought. About <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, that that's in a nutshell how it was how it was born. Um, a few shandies in a pub talking to uh, my old coach Steve yes. Bear, and uh, and and we've yeah, it's grown sort of every year since we've done it for the last five years now, which is feels like yesterday actually we started working out, you know, what's this what should this logo look like? What should we call it? I remember those all, days. All those sorts of things that are really, really good fun. And now I'm just looking at We must have been quite close in when we established. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, yeah, five five, six years ago now. Yeah. So yeah. we one oh one's birthday is the fifteenth of Feb twenty fifteen. Okay, well That's we're more our... more an April baby actually. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, so not too far away. Not too far. I've been twenty fourteen. Maybe 2014. Anyway. Anyway, we digress. It, it feels like a long time ago, but it also feels like yesterday. Um, so you touched on training in terms of goalkeeper coaching being supplementary. Um, what would you say your like top tips for, you know, quick fire, top tips for goalkeepers um, in their training environment to, to make them, one, develop, but two, make them enjoy training? Yeah, really, really good question. Um, some really simple things that, that we can think about. Um, one is this... There's actually only a certain amount of time that goalkeepers normally get on a hockey pitch. So you might have your two hours on one evening, two hours on another evening, and the rest of it, the pitch is taken up with other stuff. Um, I would try as much as possible to make the most of those two hours, you know, making sure you're getting kitted up in time to get going, making sure you've got a plan and speaking to your coach beforehand rather than just relying on them to give you everything you need mm-hmm. because essentially you probably know a little bit more as a goalkeeper than the head coach might. And I'm speaking pretty generally here about what, what you need, what you want. Um, it might be, okay, can I have 10, 15, 20 minutes at the beginning of this session? Because I know that I would like to work on X, Y, and Z, but it'll probably just be X in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, just sticking to one thing that you can, you can do and progress, um, and build up. And those, if you do that every session, and it could be S and C based as well, because mm-hmm. that is a massive bug. We need to be strong, fast, agile, robust. Um, whatever it is, whether it's the beginning or the end of a session, that doesn't necessarily disrupt from what your head coach wants to do. Add that in. How many training sessions do you do over the, the course of a, of a season? How much will, will that, up, that add, add up? So you're just adding value as much as possible yeah. to, to that session and not wasting the time between... You know, hockey is a fast-paced game for an outfielder. right? So they'll need their rest. What also could you be doing within that rest time as well you might not necessarily need it from a physical point of view um, yeah. so that's one thing I would say the so other, that specificity yeah. and just understanding what you want to get out of each session number one number one um, number, <laughs> number two is um, you've got to let go of this uh, sort of precious feeling of if I let a goal in I'm a failure or if I let a goal in I've done something wrong yeah so you've got to go in like you're still eight years old and it's the first time you put kit on right You'll experiment. You'll play around with things. You'll you won't know the limits of what you can do, but you will go and explore them. Hopefully, yeah. keep doing that. Keep trying to find these little gains of being able to experiment with with what you should I go? Should I stay? Should I stay on my feet? Should I go to ground? How do I save that? What you know? What are these other people doing? Asking questions. Oh, okay, that went in. Why did that go in? Okay, I'm. I, I'm Nothing too bad about it. It's training. It's pretty inconsequential. How do I how do I say that next time? What 
happens with that is one it's a really good mindset to have because you'll try something else uh, even if you don't know what it is you can just try to work out be creative do something do something different I mean um, one of the biggest things when I look at a goalkeeper I'll either go that I haven't seen before I, I usually either think they've got a re- they've got a lot of raw talent and they're just somehow keeping the ball out of the net but it looks mm-hmm. really ugly or they're highly technical they, they've obviously been coached before but actually to an extent that that can limit you yeah because so, then they stay within their their understanding okay well my coach has said X I can only save the ball this way and it, they don't think of it like a, a broader toolbox of like I've got all these skills it, that's a part of it but then like just keep adding to it and, yeah. and freestyling a little bit yeah absolutely and there's no there's very very few times when I'm on pitch going that's right and that's wrong hmm. like why does that work for you like there's there's some really individualised um, behaviours of a goalkeeper that work for them. Mm-hmm. Like so you get tall goalkeepers, short goalkeepers, they'll do th- stuff in different ways to solve the same problem. Mm. Um, so you've got to kind of go with that and make sure they're doing that as best they can without. And if you see a limitation with it, then you go, okay, well this this might limit you if you do it that way. Should we try this way? Yeah, and and see if you can do that for one. Um, so it might be, I'll give you uh, an example, but I did a training session uh, a few months ago where um, we were doing some smothering training. Now smothering, uh, for those that, that, that don't know what it is, uh, you know, in, uh, in Belgium they'll call it blocking, um, but essentially you're trying to go to ground whilst the player on the ball is about to approach the ball, hasn't quite got it yet, and it might be a 50-50, something like that, where you come in, you go to ground, trying to get your leg guard to the floor, okay, making this big object, and then as the ball's hit, your leg guard's literally right there on the ball on the floor, so you're basically on the ground, mm-hmm. okay? And quite often, that's coached to go, if you're going left to right, you go on your right side, if you're going right to left, you go on your left side, okay? Um, that's let's say that's conventional. Not necessarily right or wrong, depending on what you see in front yeah, of you, there's lots of different factors. So we had a player around with going, right, okay, what happens if you put your, if you go feet first, okay, or you go the other way around? So if you're going right to left, you go on your right side, or if you're going left to right, you go on your left side. And we had a little player around of it, and it solved a different problem in a different way because certain things happen when you go down on one side there's you leave a gap underneath you for a short period of time but there are other things that help with that depending where you're on the pitch whereas you go the other way it actually covers that bit of ground that you might otherwise have let in under your elbow or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are lots of goalkeepers listening that go yeah I know what you mean yeah. <laughs> um, if you're not a goalkeeper it might be a little bit difficult to uh, to understand this. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to paint as good as pictures yeah, yeah. as I can but it's, it's, it's the same as, as an outfield player just trying to use their back end instead of their forehand to try and make a pass in a different direction um, does that work how does it help you? Does it create another opportunity? Or even when you're tackling, are you positioning yourself in a different way where you're using reversing instead of your forehand in, mm-hmm. in, in a similar situation? Then what what problem does that solve? Yeah, because it's yeah, it, that's an example. Being experimental with your training, even when you're on your own, is really useful. Um, so then, point three. Point three. Uh, this is a good one. I, I, I see goalkeepers all the time that are very, very capable in their position. Right? And they'll see it as a as a position that doesn't necessarily require much uh, 
physical input. They can just kind of stand there and, and block. But I'm telling you now, I went from uh, someone that played hockey every week, and you condition yourself to be able to jump, sprint, stop, explode into these shapes that look like splits and things like that. Yeah. I can't really do that anymore. I haven't played hockey for three or four years properly. And uh, I definitely think if I did a couple of days training, I'd be a broken man. So you kind of condition yourself to this point. But you add in um, a conditioning, a strength conditioning program to what you do. And you talk to any international goalkeeper and talk to them about their, their strength conditioning. It's fundamental mm in terms of supplementing their, their training to be able to be strong. You have no idea how much force goes through your body when you just simply sprint, all right? And essentially, this is what we're doing. We're sprinting, we're exploding, we're, we're moving left and right, lots of hip mobility, lots so of shoulder dynamic. strength. And and you, you have to be able to be robust, robust in that. But also, you've got to do it again and again in training. So you have this balance between strength and conditioning, which essentially is exactly what, what you need. You've got your strength and your speed and your conditioning. So are you conditioned enough to repeat these things in training so are you getting that level of repetition within any S and C stuff you're doing but also have you got the strength to pull off these these moves now from uh, we coach a lot of young goalkeepers as well as adults and uh, and and everyone else but what I see quite a lot in adolescent goalkeepers as soon as they hit the point where they've gained some strength all right just through their, their physical their, uh, physical adolescent growth is they can all of a sudden do some of the moves they couldn't do before Right. And they haven't been to the gym lifting a load of weights or anything no. like that. They've just physically got into that. That's it. And you see the change in what they can do. Now, that needs to continue and the S&C programs that go with it. And I wouldn't necessarily advise people just to go and start lifting a load of tin because you need to be able to prepare yourself to, yeah, exactly. to, for that sort of stuff. But the ability to uh, move appropriately with strength and speed comes from, from that. And if you think uh, you need to add that into your game, then I would suggest you 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 go and do that. I so. think everybody, every goalkeeper, every outfielder. I think the way modern hockey is now with quarters, with the speed of the ball, the how good strikers are getting. Everybody needs to be better conditioned than what they think they already are. Mm. I think that's that's just yeah, a given at this stage. I think everybody from even you know. 14s, 15, 16s, I'm not saying 14 year olds go hit the gym. That is not what I'm saying, just to be crystal clear on that. <laughs> I think, well, but I think it's, but I think at the same time, I mean, when I say go to the gym, I mean like lifting 100k, it's like <laughs> yeah. not into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think yeah, just playing, I think there needs to be some conditioning stuff built in so that one, you're more robust, you're not going to break down. I mean, we've both seen plenty of. 15, 16, 17 year olds who break down because they're picking up silly injuries because they're, they're just not strong enough uh, in areas which they need to be, you know, hamstrings, hip flexors, like yeah. you get, you, you've gone, we've gone past the point. The old school way of thinking about it is all right, let's, let, let's, let's put the, you know, it's a kid in goal that, that doesn't run up and down the pitch quite <laughs> as fast as somebody else does. Cause that's the, that must obviously be the position for them. Now we've got to the point where actually, we realise the value in a good goalkeeper. Uh-huh. Like if you look at some of the tournaments, or even even the uh, the qualifying tournaments for Olympics, okay, if we like, 
if you don't have a good goalkeeper and they ship a couple of goals, all of a sudden you're not qualifying for an Olympic Games. And when we're talking about the top level, obviously. So yeah, then let's go into that. Then let's go into like what do you think that makes you know two three things that make a, a world class goalkeeper? Like what is that? You're talking about like how important it is to be a world class goalkeeper. Like for those listening, like what are the two three things where you kind of hang out on and go actually. These are the most important things. I mean, it doesn't stray too far from what we should do in training, in <laughs> in a way. Um, there are some non, non-negotiable things, like you, you've got to be fast and robust and strong. Yeah, from a physical point of view, there's 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 you know there's it's not necessarily a strict DNA that goes with with goalkeeping, but there's definitely something that you need, either you know. You're fantastically dynamic and athletic and, and um, agile, and you, you definitely need that. It doesn't necessarily need to be the quickest, but certainly that that's going to be a sort of prerequisite for you to actually be any good in the, in the first place. Uh, um, number to, two, to get to the top level. Um, number two, mental resilience. Like the psychology of goalkeeping is 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 huge and definitely something that we're digging more and more into. So you've got to have the ability to go one. Um, I've got players around me that I've trained with all the time and I want to be better than them, but I've also got to get on with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, and you'll, you will always have that. You'll always have setbacks as well. Whether you're in any, any walk of life, you can have setbacks. Nothing's ever linear. So that mental resilience to go, right, am I going to do the extras? Have I actually thought through my process of, of the vision where, of what sort of goalkeeper I want to be as well? Am I just copying someone else or actually being true to myself and doing what? I think is going to be my strengths and this is why if I put myself in that group this is what is going to make me stand out this is what's going to make me get picked so that like one goes with the other and your mental resilience to actually get through that letting go it could just be on a practical basis letting a goal in how good are you recovering from that do you have something a mechanism that helps you just go right okay I'm going to learn from that and get on to the next one give in the middle of the game or training yeah and I think for me it's really it's really interesting you saying that because that hadn't really put the two things together. If you can be more relaxed in training and you can enjoy all aspects of training, even if it is, I'm not saying enjoy letting a goal in, but it doesn't bother you. Like it's like you just move on to the next thing that will then translate into game, gameplay and big matches where you need to have that feeling of, okay, I'll put my kit on. I feel good when I put my kit on. And actually if every time you put your kit on in training, you're stressing about conceding a goal, mm. When you put your kit on and you're a big game, you're never going to perform well. So actually, that that ability to almost chill out a little bit in training and be like, okay, cool. And this comes back to your experimental bit that you were talking about earlier. Like, if you're going to experiment with stuff, you need to have that ability to be like, okay, well, I've let something in. I've not let something in. Whatever. And then that moves on. And then when you go into the game, you're going to have that mindset of, okay, well, I enjoy being in kit. I'll do everything I can. I'm going to work really hard. If I can see the goal, then it actually I can't stress about it because I've got another job to do. I've got to, I've got to you know move on to the next bit and yeah. enjoy being ready to make that next. Yeah, day. absolutely. And what does that body language of you of uh, you if you let a goal in and you you are negative about it have effects on the rest of the team? And and yeah, we've seen goalies kicking off, smashing sticks, <laughs> like helmets gone, yeah, kicking that, their defender. And that happens a lot, and it's difficult to actually <laughs> find out that we've got a passionate, passionate bunch of people. But um, yeah, uh, the, 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 for it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it? Why do you play in goal? That's like a massive question. Oh, no, like, what did you? What did okay, you? Know, sure, why did Why did you play in goal? Uh, totally honest, I love the kit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I came from being a football goalkeeper. Yeah. So 
yeah I mean I loved I like kit I like equipment um, and I loved I was a football goalkeeper when I was 10 through 13 and then got into hockey and never looked back so yeah, yeah. and just love stopping other people scoring everybody has their reason why and I think everybody's <laughs> slightly different as well um, yeah. and, and I think that's a real crucial reason you know accessing why why you do something and then keeping that flame yeah like one you work out what it is but keeping that flame going as well um, the third thing so we've got the physical side of it the mental resilience and the third thing I would say because getting on a pitch being a goalkeeper getting someone to hit a ball at you mm-hmm. okay or, or doing whatever you need to, is, isn't always that easy. You know, you've got this big bag to take with you. You might not be able to drive somewhere. You've got to hop on a train or a bus or whatever. Okay. All of a sudden it becomes a little, little harder. And like, these are all practical details, but can you do stuff at home? Can you do stuff in your backyard? Can you do stuff on the pitch where you don't need somebody else that is going to benefit you? So do the, do the extras. Yeah. And you look at someone like Maddie and Maddie Hinch and her kind of I think you have to media. qualify the Maddie Hinch yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. To, you know just in case there's like <laughs> half a person out there that doesn't know who she is um, you know you look at her social media profile and she's always doing extra stuff like yeah, you can always see she's doing an extra bit in the gym she's doing an extra bit of training like whether it's with someone like Martin Driver or like she's always out and about getting those extra yards outside of the program and I think you know, and Van Ash is probably exactly the same. You know, he's probably going out, you know, he's not just playing and training at his club and, and senior international. He is doing the extra bits. He's going down to the pitch when he gets a bit of extra time. Like he's, you have to go above and beyond. And I think. Yeah. And I, I, I think in addition to that, that your experiences of hockey through your hockey journey have, have, have to be different, have to be, um, so use Maddie as an example because fortunate enough to, to train with her while she was at, at Loughborough and um, fortunate enough to do a bit of coaching with her pre, pre-Rio and, and post-Rio as well. Um, she has had coaches from university, pre-university, post-university in the England setup and the GB setup as well that are all different. Yeah, um, She's gone over to Holland and experienced a, a, a different way of potentially playing the game on a domestic level. Um, all these different experiences add into like a, a bigger, more worthy picture of, of, of who you are and what you can do. Yeah. And I, I would say that if you can find some of those experiences, whether it's playing abroad for, for, for a season, adding that into your knowledge of the game and all, and all the rest of it, that it's going to be so valuable, not just as a, as a hockey player, as a person as well, yeah, because yeah. we're all, you've all got to develop through that as well. So, um, I'm, I'm sure she'd, she'd say the same as, as well, but we've got to have those experiences and, and not necessarily just completely sort of bottle ourselves onto one side and go, right, I'm going to stay at this club the whole time. Cause actually we probably won't learn as much from that. We've got to give ourselves that, that, um, sort of part of being uncomfortable again and again. Yeah. 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 Over a period of time. So yeah, those, those are the three things I would say. Um, right. We've got last two minutes. So one sentence. What's next in goalkeeping? (laughs) What's next? What before you or just in general? Goalkeeping in general. What's goalkeeper in 2028 going to look like? Goalkeeping in 2028, um, is, it's probably going to look a little faster. Like hockey, like we're, we've got to respond to the, to the bits of the game. And I think 
hockey, this isn't one sentence, by the way. No, I'll okay, make it as short as possible. Hockey's always getting faster. Rules are changing to make it safer. Um, I don't think there's going to be a, a wild change in the next 10 years. I think the rules are kind of where they are at the moment are probably a pretty good place. Um, I think um, hockey hopefully will stay on the Olympic stage for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it will stay where it is in terms of its 11v11 format and things like that. Um, I'm a bit of a traditionalist, so I hope it kind of stays that way. Um, yeah, I think hockey fives is a totally different conversation, but I think, yeah, I'd like to think that 11s is going to be pretty safe and, yeah. and nailed on for the foreseeable. Well, I definitely think the knowledge of how we integrate goalkeepers into, into training, into our squad training, will improve and our understanding of how we use our technical uh, uh, and tactical sessions from specialist goalkeeper training will improve as well. Okay. Um, and then finally, for, for all those out there, where can they find more about Fortitude and what you guys are up to? Oh, shameless blog time. Shameless blog. Shameless blog. Um, so, so 10 we, second shameless blog. <laughs> uh, you find us on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, fortitudehockey.com on our website. Um, you can email us. All the details are on our contact page on the website as well. All of our camps and sessions are on the website too. Um, if you want to just message us or DM us on Instagram, that's probably the easiest way as well. So, yeah, get in touch. Even if it's just a, a badgery question about hockey golf, <laughs> we'll respond. Perfect. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, yeah, it's been great hearing about the world of goalkeeping and what you guys are up to so it's been a blast no thank you very much cheers pal cheers buddy (laughs)